so here we are um, in the penultimate episode before the majors conclude, uh, and we are here to look at the Judgment or Eon card, um, also known as the Angel, the Trumpet, the Awakening of the Dead, <laughs> and of course, the Spirit of the Primal Fire. But I think the first thing that would, might be interesting to talk about is um, why it's called uh, the Judgment card in one deck and the Eon in the other, because it's almost like, you know, the Judgment has an emphasis on the end and the Eon has an emphasis on the beginning or something. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that they both share a theme of awakening. Mm. So in, you know, the judgment card, it's obviously the dead awakening from their tombs. But mm -hmm. if you think about the Eon card and how it's a representation of the, the stele of revealing, mm -hmm. which is all about the, uh, the Osiris awakening to new life. Mm -hmm. And to get something right out of the way, um, I will probably occasionally say Aeon instead of Eon. <laughs> if you've been listening all along, you've probably noticed and said, that's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> I will probably do it again and again. And it's just the way my brain thinks of it because... Mere eons are not enough to <laughs> encompass the the sheer magnitude. So my brain likes to say aeon to distinguish it from a mere eon. And you know what? You know, in the Greek, we would say ion, which so who cares? You know, it's right. fine either way. Y'all know what we're talking about. And the other thing about. to get off out of the way right from the beginning is that I've never liked the judgment card. <laughs> um Anyway, just to say that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people have a problem with this card. And I think... Just you know, I, when when I say it, I don't like the Judgment card. I mean the, the, the Rider-Waite-Smith yeah. portrayal of the Judgment card yeah. is just particularly icky to me. <laughs> is it the... Uh, is it is it the judginess of it or is it the, it's the visual? Everything about it, I just dislike. <laughs> but I, I will still be able to have this discussion with you just to get that right out in the open. <laughs> no, I think you're definitely not alone in that. I think I once ran a poll of people's favorite major and I never thought to do a poll of people's least favorite major because mm. I think that this one would well, have a really good Well, it's funny. In really the thought deck, shot. this is one of my favorites, yeah. but in the Rider weight deck, it yeah. could very well be the least favorite. <laughs> so I am on see. the thought side. Yeah. Where should we start with this? Well, mm. one thing when you mentioned the, the name Spirit of the Primal Fire. Mm. So, yeah, I always like to look at those names a little bit. And it, this is one of the three elemental trumps. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and they're all called the Spirit of. So there's the Spirit of the Aether or the mm -hmm. Aether for the Fool, and mm -hmm. there's the Spirit of the Mighty Waters mm -hmm. for the Hanged Man, and then this one's the Spirit of the Primal Fire. So right. how does this differ from fire itself, the Primal Fire? Yeah. You know, it's the fire that you could say came first from which, you know, but I also think of it as the fire that contains all the other elements mm -hmm. within itself. Mm -hmm. Because it's also spirit. So the spirit mm -hmm. element, the fifth element, is the synthesis of the four that came before. So fire, the primal fire in the sense of um, containing the other elements sort of the way Keter contains the rest of the tree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. I can see that. And, um, you know, we should also mention that we have these three elemental cards for fire, water, and air, and... We don't have specifically an Earth one because we have coming up the world card, which is both Saturn and Earth. So yes. we'll talk a lot about that in the next episode in case you're wondering. But, um, but yeah, so we have these three, um, three mother letters, Aleph, Mem, and Shin associated with air, water, and fire. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a, 
it's a purifying fire, right? It's right. It's a redeeming, purifying spirit. Uh, yeah, all the three elemental cards are said to be somewhat baptismal, mm-hmm. you know, well, obviously, Ooh. especially the water one, but this would be a, the baptism of fire. Interesting. Purification yeah. by fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I wish I'd thought to um, look up the trials of initiation in um, the magic flute, because I think they go through, you know, the three elements in that as well. But, oh, well. Speaking Maybe I'll of do it. The magic flute. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so um yeah, maybe we should just mention that and get it out of the way. <laughs> so um so yes, uh if you are familiar with the Rider Waite Smith judgment card, there was at one time a misprint in the color. <laughs> um it's in in many, if not most, popular versions of the Rider Waite Smith card. The Angel's Trumpet, the first section, is disturbingly flesh colored instead of trumpet colored. <laughs> and, um, with the result that, that the angel looks as though he's engaging in an act. <laughs> so, um, so those who have tried to read something into it, I think it's fair to say uh you can just assume that was not intended to be the case. It was perhaps a Freudian color print, misprint <laughs> on somebody's part, or else it was just a mistake. Uh It has been corrected in the version we use, which is the Pamela Coleman Smith commemorative edition, where the trumpet is once again trumpet colored throughout its length. <laughs> um Interestingly, both cards have a... Finger to mouth um, <laughs> sort of symbolism. <laughs> An oral fixation <clears throat> of yes. sorts. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We have the, um, the, the, the sign of silence, silence in, the, yeah. Mm-hmm, in the Thoth Eon card, um, which we often see when we see Harpocrates. Um, but that was on purpose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's out of the way. So, uh, so shall we talk about Fire, since we're talking about fire. Yeah, we can start with fire and. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's dive in on fire on the Thoth card because it's a little bit easier to, to pick out the references. Both cards actually have mm-hmm. Shin references. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, the, that's the true. mother letter for fire. Okay, so, um, so in the, in the, Writer weight one is that, uh, yeah, the, we, so, so the, the shin letter is so interesting because it has these three prongs, Mm. right, that kind of come off of it. And, and so. It looks like a candelabra. It does. Which is very fire-like, yes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Little flames on top of the. Yeah, it's a little bit flame-shaped itself. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's interesting because that, that, graphic shape is you can play with it and do interesting things with it um but in the judgment card if you look at the three people rising up from their tombs in judgment you can think of that as the three prongs of the shin um right or the central figure is said to be himself the child figure there in the foreground is said to be himself in the position of true, Shin, which true. his head and his arms kind of being the three prongs. Yeah, that reminds me of, um, that reminds me a little bit of like the way, if you look at a parsley sprig, it divides into three and then each leaf divides into three. You know, yep. you can imagine the arms outstretch on each figure kind of being triplic- triplicate in triplicate. The description you know, the formal Golden Dawn description of the card sometimes says that those three figures in the foreground, the one on the left should be making the sign of water, which, you know, there's a d- downward oh, pointing triangle. Yeah. Some, he's not really, but mm-hmm. in the description, it says he'd be making the, the sign of water, which would be that downward pointing triangle of yeah. the hands near the belly. And then yeah. that the other figure, the the woman there that looks like a zombie, um, <laughs> should be making the sign of fire. So an uprighted triangle at her forehead. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I think, speaking to the nature of Shin as the fire that contains the other elements within it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you have 
earth itself as the the tombs you know coming up from the oh, earth right, from yeah. from the tombs right and then you have air yeah so who would be air in this picture hmm perhaps it would be the little child yeah like a sort of a fool like mm, child perhaps right. who knows um another thing that you can do with these um zombie bodies is <laughs> turn them upside down <laughs> um and uh, not just one, but a couple of different commentators have said, okay, you can create the letters L-U-X out of that body language, which is a little bit funky because you can see the L pretty well from the woman if you hold her upside down, but the U would be upside down, you know, mm. would be the other way on the child. And then the X is the man with his arms uh, right. kind of in this when you awkward say the, position. The L-V-X signs, mm -hmm. those are... The signs usually associated with the formula of Viao, you know, the dying and the, the resurrection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Could be. Could be. I like the idea that it's in there, although you have to kind of squint your eyes to see it. I'm wondering why there are three more. Yeah, yeah in the background. I'm curious yeah. to me, the background figures, what's up with that? Yeah. And, you know, I, I understand that these are the kind of supposed to be the dead rising from their graves but you know like most people you see that gray skin tone <laughs> and it's yeah, just like zombies skeevy <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah but uh you know I, I feel like over time you kind of see through the card to you know the meanings that you mm -hmm. hold inside yourself or you use it as a window more than a uh or a door more than a um, painting to look at. But uh, but anyway. All right, so Shin references or fire references in the Thoth card? Oh, there's a great oh, there's big a one. Big, big Shin. Great big <laughs> Shin at the bottom of the card. So this is this is something that I think is so beautifully done. That there's a giant Hebrew letter Shin just right around the feet of Harpocrates there at the bottom of the card mm -hmm. and with a with a person in each of its right. uh, fiery blades right which are supposed to represent the father the mother and the child being ah. the child figure like mm -hmm. figure is the central one mhm mm mhm mm so that's kind of echoing the the whole card is about the father the mother and the child and that's just another yeah. little echo of it there yeah and to to talk a little bit more about that redeeming fire, um, the meaning of the letter Shin is tooth, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the there's a verb that goes with that, like to devour. Mm. So there's this idea that it eats away. Or that which kills, I've yeah. heard it expressed as. Cool, yeah. So, you know, so you're, you're burning up all of the dross and all of the... Um, Redundant integuments, <laughs> um, the things you don't need and revealing the essential fire within. Hmm. Oh, I did not bring my safer Yetzira with me. Um, unfortunately, I brought it last time, but I forgot to bring it this time. Uh, there is a quote in the safer Yetzira that, that talks about the three elements, uh, the idea that the head is created from fire, the belly is created from water, the chest from breath. So uh, mm. that kind of, it's interesting because that kind of... Uh, and that would explain why the, the signs, the fire sign is done at the forehead and yeah. the water sign is done at the belly and then the air sign is, is like, you yeah. know, the, done yeah. at the level of the chest. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And we talked interesting. In, in the fool card about, you know, the air being associated with the intake of breath. And the fool, um, and I think it's also if you look at the Luria version of the Tree of Life, you have the Aleph, Mem, and Shin, you know, kind of as cross supports right, on the, the three because it's the three mother. horizontals. Yeah, yes, yep. yeah. So you can kind of imagine the body being um, superimposed on that diagram, and then also the idea that you were saying the the idea that primal fire you know, contains the other elements. So the head is created from fire. That's kind of like the way Keter is at the head, you yeah. know, encompassing everything right. else. Yeah, Keter itself could be the primal fire. Yeah. Yeah. And In a sense. Mm -hmm. It could be. It could be. I think it's also associated you know, attributionally in the Sefer Yetzirah is associated with 
quote unquote, the heavens. Mm. So here we are down low on the tree and yet we're connecting again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Connecting with the heavens. And then behind the, um, I guess, you know, talking about fire is kind of like our astrological section, um, like that we usually do. So it seems worth mentioning that behind that sheen in the Thoth card is a, a shape that looks like the glyph for Libra. So sort of that hilly uh, oh, right. Right lump there, shape yeah. there, yep. which is supposed to be a reference to the next eon, mm, the eon of Ma'at. Ma'at. Yes. Right, right. We're not there yet, but there it is in, in waiting. <laughs> yeah, actually, if you look at that shape with the kind of omega-like shape of Nuit, it yeah. does form the glyph of yeah. Libra. Especially if you, yeah. 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 So Nuit is curving overhead in that like omega shape. Like a kind shape. of omega shape. Yeah. Like the top of the glyph of mm-hmm. Libra. Mm-hmm. And then you can actually see in the, the colors of the card, um, it, that's kind of emphasized at that band of blue of Nuit. Uh, above and then the lower band of blue. It's interesting that both cards are about awakening. You know, one is very obviously the the dead awakening, and the other one is the you know the awakening to the new eon kind of symbolism and the trumpet blowing in the um, Rider Wake card, and the the images of the dead arising from the tomb. In uh, Crowley's Wake World, he even has that imagery where when she, when the girl in the Wake World encounters this path, she sees the, the you know, the dead coming, um, an angel blowing on a trumpet, mm-hmm. and there's fire and flames and people crawling out of coffins. <laughs> and, and the angel, who's her holy guardian angel, who's speaking mm-hmm. to her, says, most people never wake up for anything less. <laughs> wow. Yeah, when we say, Speaking you know, a noise that could wake the dead. The angel. So um, <laughs> mm-hmm. we should which talk one about do that. you think this is? <laughs> so, yeah. So so I am always really, really torn about this angel because, you know, if we take the view, which many people do, that we saw uh, angel Raphael in the lover's card and angel Michael in the temperance card and angel Oriel in the devil then this has to be Gabriel, the angel uh, who blows his horn uh, in the judgment card, which makes a certain amount of sense. But that kind of bothers me because this is associated with fire. The And, you know, even in the Golden Dawn Zone system, the archangel Gabriel is associated with water. So there's that. And then there's the idea that it could be Michael. Um, you know, Book T refers to this figure as Archangel Michael, who is the angel of Hode, who is so, and this path runs between Hode and Malkut. So what's interesting, there's another angel that you haven't mentioned, mm-hmm. that 777 and the Golden Dawn, like official descriptions for the cards references Israfel. So Israfel. that's, mm-hmm. you know, in the Islamic tradition, that's the angel of the horn, the burning oh, one, which nice. there you go, yeah, fire. That's in, so that's in, um, that's in book. It's in 777, in 777 where it gives the traditional descriptions of each card. Yeah. You know, the older descriptions. And I think it's also in, um, if you have, you must, well, you have 777, but if you also have the, uh, Duquette book mm-hmm. at the beginning of every Trump, he lists those description so it's there as well yeah they come from 777 yeah yeah i mean i think it's important that there's an angelic figure there but which one israfel is the angel of the trumpet in that Mm -hmm. tradition and that's Um, that's very nice and the fiery trumpet yes (laughs) as well even better so So there's another angel it could be yeah pick your angel whichever one you like um and i think when we see angels it is a wake-up call in the deck, no matter which angel it is, whichever card it is. I mean, there's a definite um, call to turn your attention to higher things in one way or another. I guess that I've I've heard of Gabriel as being, you know, the angel of resurrection, the waker of the sleeping, the one who brings on revelation. And that's the one that, you know, when you when the saints come marching in, that's yeah, the angel we're yeah. talking about. 
How I'd love to, uh, how I'd love to be in that be number. Be in that number when the saints come marching in. Yeah, so that's the, um, so how I'd love to be in that number when the saints come marching in. That's the, that's the angel we're talking about. But I'd love to know more about, uh, Angel Israfel because he sounds like a really appropriate and fascinating figure. Mm. There's also one of Crowley's Libras that is called Libra Israfel and it's an invocation to Thoth. Oh, nice. Which is just interesting. Yeah. yeah. As an aside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as to the banner that um that is hanging from the angel's horn, um mm. so that's the 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 red cross on the white field. Yeah, and in that same description that mentions Israfel, it actually mm-hmm. refers to a banner with a cross, but it says it's a golden banner with a white cross. So mm. for whatever reason, different coloring. Yeah. It could be it could be a red cross because it has to do with you know the Knights fire. Templar and oh, fire yeah. Yeah. yeah and what the Knights Templar did was they they had uh, the official task of protecting pilgrims who were journeying uh, for spiritual mm-hmm. causes but um, but I think more important than the color perhaps would be the cross shape itself the idea right. that here we are the it a could be to earth a well, reference right. to earth the four elements it may have to do with the magic square of mars or cross of mars oh, i wish i knew where i'd pick this up i wrote this like three weeks ago and i can't remember what <laughs> um so mars you know it was was called the guardian of the uh, the guardian of the adidum so the adidum being the inner sanctum uh in a temple and the idea that the it's the fiery Mars is the last barrier or the last guardian that you encounter before uh, coming to the Sanctum Sanctorum. Well, there's something when I'm just looking at it, it reminds me so of the you've got the four squares and mm-hmm. then you've got the central cross. So if you think of that as the four elements and that which that fifth element of spirit right. that unites them and then this is the the card right. of spirit as well yeah. as of fire. Yeah. And what's really interesting to me that that's a parallel symbol for what we're going to encounter in the Thoth card, which is the symbol of the sun in a sense, the dot in the circle. And we'll, mm-hmm. we'll kind of get into that when we get yeah. into the cosmology of that card, but it's an equivalent symbol in a way. Oh, that's interesting because it's, it is. It is like when we if you took the dot in the center of the circle and extended yes. the arms out, you'd get the cross with it. So it's I don't know. They there seems to be a it, parallel. There. Yeah, there is some sort of parallel going on. Like whenever we see four, we in a cross form, it implies five as well because yes, of the center. Yes, exactly. Right. So even though we're talking about four and Earth and stability and, I don't know, Jupiter or Chesed or whatever, we're also talking about um, spirit plus the four elements or Mars, you know, or, right. you know, we're, we're talking about um, if you if you arrange your fours in just the right way, you're always going to have five. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, all right. Oh, and that reminds me too of, so you've seen, you know, the fourfold name, mm-hmm. the Y-H-V-H, oh, yes, and then right. you've seen the shin inserted in the center of that. So if you put the two oh, letters okay. and then you put the shin, you get Yeshua. Oh, yeah. So, you oh, know, yeah. from God uh-huh. to the sun by right. el- adding the shin, the right element of right. fire and spirit. That's neat. Into the four. Right. So you change yeah. that four into five and you get the sun. Yep. So... That's Interesting. Neat. Yeah. Games with words, games with Hebrew. Um, Counting the nose hairs of God, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> All right. Well, we've given uh, some good attention to the angel central figure in the Waite Smith card. I think it's time to have a good look at <laughs> I know yeah. it's a bit daunting, but it I'm going to, I know you're, you're all on top of this, so <laughs> I'm going to let you. No pressure there. <laughs> <laughs> Only the card of the new eon. <laughs> so, so we have our composite, uh, Heruraha here, right? So, yeah. which is just another name for Horus or for a form of Horus? Yeah, for the dual, mm-hmm. dual form. So, one thing to say right at the beginning is that, so it's quite obvious that these figures are 
the figures of the stele of revealing mm-hmm. Egyptian uh, gods, if you will, but that Thelemic gods are not equal to Egyptian gods. Right, they're a thing of their own. Can and, can you do a quick? Um, well, well, we should put something on the website about the seal of revealing. Oh yes, we we definitely yeah. will. We'll yeah, put that on the website. Um, so. The book of the law that Crowley channeled when he received everything about the new eon that there is to mm-hmm. say, it's in three chapters, and each of the chapters is as if one of these deities was speaking. But what's important to remember is that it's not exactly like the deities are speaking. It's it's. Crowley's holy guardian angel who's speaking, Mm -hmm. Awas, Mm -hmm. he's taking on the persona of each of these deities. And the three deities are? Nuit, Hadit, and Rahu. Well, you'd say Haru. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Or Horus. And their relationship is? So, father, mother, mother, father, son. Right. Right. But he's taking on the persona of each of these beings in order to convey truths and about these really far-reaching cosmic concepts, you know, about both the universe without and the mm-hmm. universe within the mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. So, well, we can talk about the Egyptian gods that are on the stele. It's not exactly the same thing as talking about these concepts. Now, we can look at them as gods or we can look at them as, you know, cosmic truths. And there's really no difference. Right. Because everything is conscious and consciousness. And mm-hmm. it's about both the it's universe. inside and outside. Itself and the universe inside us. Right. So... Just to get that out of the way that, you know, we can analyze the Egyptian gods all we want, but they're not exactly what's going on here. Mm-hmm. They're just ways that Crowley was trying to convey something in this card and also what he took from that stele when he had it translated and he wrote his own paraphrasing of it. But what he says in – there's a uh, Lieber uh, that he – has initiates read before they begin and it says something like you know if if gods are referenced let him not rashly assume that it refers to any known god save only the god known to himself (laughs) right and and what he means by that is that these universal gods are conveying a concept but that the only true god is the one within right and and that's pretty much summing up this card in in a mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. and as we break down these forces that's mm-hmm. what it's going to be telling us and i think that is in line with the way that god forms tend to morph generally right so right. no matter what culture you're in whether you're in egypt or in greece or in rome or in any other place the god forms tend to take on the nature or the beliefs and perceptions of the people who are worshiping them. And this is just a, a an extension of that in right. a way, right? So, you know, it's it's your own personal new it. <laughs> right. <laughs> that said, they, you know, they do have roots that you can trace back. Right. I guess we should just mention briefly the stele itself. Mm-hmm. And so, there are many, many pronunciations of right. stele. So we're going to do I'm our thing. I'm going to say go, stele. <laughs> Can you say can say steel, steel, stella, stella, stella. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, so it's also known as the stele of Ankafna Kansu. So it was a mm-hmm. funerary device in which uh, the deceased Ankafna Kansu is, uh, I guess, petitioning, <laughs> if you will, the uh, god of Horus or Rahurakuit or Heruraha for his, you know, uh, awakening. So this is this a single artifact that exists. Yeah. So this Mm -hmm. is a single artifact that exists, I think in the museum and Mm -hmm. prior to 
Crowley receiving the Book of the Law, his wife, who was probably a very pronounced medium, began telling him that the god Horus had a message for him, and he was dubious and wanted to test her, so, you know, brought her through the museum to see if she could even identify Horus. Um, out of the artifacts that were there. Yeah. And surprisingly yeah. enough, she went past all the, um, you know, ones that you would have thought, the hawk statues mm-hmm. and the things like that, and dragged him directly to this, this stele, mm-hmm. which does have the appropriate god on it and was also numbered 666 in their catalog <laughs> collections, which got his attention as a number of the sun and right. his personal, his own personal you know, number of the beast. Of the beast. So it got mm-hmm. his attention. And so, he started listening and the the end result of it is that over a three day period he received, he did, he did what she said and, you know, did the invocations and received the text known as the book of the law, which mm-hmm. from which all of Thelema unfolds, the holy book that right. began it all. Right. And when we say it's a received text, so we often talk about these books as being by Crowley or whatever, but they are channeled books, right? You know, they are, he got them from somewhere, Right. From his, yeah. from Awas. <laughs> in particular. Yes. Right. In this case. Right. So he, he became very interested in this object, obviously, and he had it translated. Um, and, and then he wrote his own really beautiful paraphrasing of that translation. I don't know if we have time to read either the, the real translation or parts of it, but if you're familiar with Lieber Resch, that's where that that section of it comes from where you're you're giving the adoration to the sun. Mm. It comes from his poetic translation of the actual translation of the figures, wow. the hieroglyphs on the stele. Wow. Both wow. front and back. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And what's really kind of interesting to me is I've always associated this card, the Eon or Aeon, and the sun card as... Mm-hmm. Uh, they really go together. Yeah, you know they're both yeah. they're both very much about that that solar force and solar process. And I associate both of them with the angel crew of the tarot. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, we have the the sun, which is the uh, lord of the fire of the world, and then we have this card, which is the spirit of the primal, primal fire. fire. So yes. they are subtly different yet still connected through the you know this shared fire yeah and they both have twins you know they Mm -hmm. both have twins on them so here the sun card has the 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 dancing twins and then this card has the the dual forms of of Horus on it and i think you know i mean there's a question in my mind you know i feel as though the the connection between these two is curious because the sun is you know lord of the fire of the world it's our sun it's specific to us whereas this one has so a, more you know, universal a, yeah, yeah more archetypal higher spiritual more you know connected to mm-hmm. the striving for the divine in some way whereas it makes the the, the sun card seem quite kind of homey and cozy right. and personal right. Right. but so in the in but the stele go, of revealing yeah. are they the same uh, figures as we see here is well, there a kansu figure as if well if you if you look at the actual stele mhm this is like a front-on view. So the stele shows Ankafna Kansu, the priest, mm-hmm. from side view, and you see the Horus Falcon on his throne from side view in mm-hmm. profile, and then you see the goddess Nuit bending over in the back, and you have the uh, the winged disc, which the winged disc is... So Hadith is not an Egyptian god name of an Egyptian god. Mm-hmm. It came from a... I don't know if you'd call it a mistranslation or the way it was transcribed when he had the the stele figures, you know, translated and when talked Crowley about did. Mm-hmm. when Crowley did. That was uh, a form of Horus, you know, called Bedet or Bedetti, mm-hmm. which is the Horus as the wing disc with, you know, the, the solar disc with falcon wings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the name Hadith was just coming from that Behedet, Hedet. Mm-hmm. Tr- mistranslation or translation and, and Crowley called it he in, almost invented this new 
this new term mm-hmm. as the Thalamic god Hadith. So there's Nuit and Hadith, neither of which has mm-hmm. an exact equivalent parallel in, right. in Egyptian, you know, cosmology. Right, right. And Hadith is acting essentially as a consort. Yes. Or as the secret so, seed. <laughs> yes, the secret seed. So going back to that sun glyph, the solar mm-hmm. glyph. Mm-hmm. That is almost saying the same thing as this card. So if you start with a circle, the mm-hmm. circle is Nuit, the circle of infinite space. Mm-hmm. Everything, you know, in the Book of the Law, it calls her the circumference, you know, of infinite space, nowhere found. So a big circle, a big zero, mm-hmm. a big overarching thing then in the center you've got the secret seed you've got hadith mm-hmm. the, point, the point the mm-hmm. the ubiquitous point of view mm-hmm. so it's like it's almost like the um terms in you know sanskrit terms prakriti uh that's associated with the princesses of tarot mm-hmm. and with the so it's it's all that there is except for the observer <laughs> right 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 all you and are here. Hadith is, he, Hadith is the observer, the, mm-hmm. the point within mm-hmm. that sees all there is, or as he's referred to in the book of the law is, you know, everywhere the center. Mm-hmm. So no matter mm-hmm. where he is, he's at the center. He's the point of view within. Right. So it's kind of like right. the infinite of Nui and the infinitesimal of Hadith. And then combined, Mm -hmm. it forms the solar glyph, and that's the child. Mm -hmm. That's the fertilized egg, the dot in the circle, the Mm -hmm. sign of the sun, and then we have the dual-natured Heru-Raha. Right, right. So that, again, ties us back to that other sun card, the idea that we have the solar glyph that's so intimately connected to the union of Nuit and Hadith. And, but we also see, um, a Hadith, a winged solar disc in the Eon card. We do. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to see, but Mm -hmm. it's there, the red, the red dot there. um. So if you look between the sheen at the bottom and the, um, the feet of, um, Harp, Harpocrates? Well, yeah, sorry, (laughs) the feet, right, the feet of, if you look between the sheen letter and the feet of Horpakrat, um, there is a red dot the size of a lentil, big lentil, small (laughs) pea. That is the circle of the disc, solar disc of the winged disc, and you can see the wings trailing off onto either side. Um, so that is a representation. Right. Of and you Hadith. could, you could summarize it up, you know, Nuit as love and Hadith as will mm-hmm. and combine them. You mm. get this solar glyph and mm-hmm. what is the sun, but another star. So the star goddess actually contains, she's the universe. She contains the stars. She contains the sun. She has everything. She's mm-hmm. at that point, both. Mm-hmm the point of view and you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. back to right. that you know and yet someone must be there to, to witness it <laughs> right 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 and so when you when you unite that you know infinity and the infinitesimal forces within you that's the child the mm-hmm. crowned and conquering child mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the union of the two that's right. the god of the new eon um, mm-hmm. Right. Um, and Raharakti, you know, the, the form of Horus Raharakti is the Horus of the two horizons, but mainly, so two horizons being the rising and the setting sun, mm-hmm. but he's mainly associated with the rising sun. Mm-hmm. So the sun coming up in the east and the new aeon, you know, enfolding or unfolding, it's rising up mm-hmm. the new, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. new being. Yeah, and you can kind of see, I don't know, when I see this card, I, I, I get a sense of motion from it, you know, as if the, the mm. passive part of Harpocrates is sort of flowing out of the card right. and allowing right. So the, if, if someone's not aware, the passive mm-hmm. part of Harpocrates is that ghostly figure that's mm-hmm. overlaid. Mm-hmm. So you see the hawk figure on his throne as the, the active part of Heru-Raha or the Raharakti so, part, mm-hmm. and then the, Harpocrates or Horpakrat figure is that childlike figure making he's the sign of silence. Yes, right. he's almost like a <laughs> like a ghost kind of overlaying the image, which is very 
beautifully, mm-hmm. yeah. beautifully done um, yeah. by Lady Harris. I must say, it's one of the. It most would be really hard to found cards describe and, that and then have someone draw it. If you can imagine someone saying, right. "Okay, do this," <laughs> and right. make him transparent, right? And it's just make him so that he's both this and this at the same time. And she, right. she did a wonderful and she actually job there. was able to do that. And the cool thing. I've heard that the Thoth Tarot is an illustrated book of the law. Mm. And nowhere is this more apparent than in this card. Mm. I mean, this card is actually, you mm. know, the, the summing up of all that. But the whole deck itself is said to be functioning as the illustrations for the book and, mm-hmm. you know, and the, and the right. principles within it. And that's well within the tradition of tarot, the idea that the tarot is a secret book that mm. was, you know, um, Handed down to us from whoever you like, you know. Yep. We'll, but uh, but the idea that it contains the mysteries within it, right? And that brings us back to Hru. So H R U Hru, the angel of the tarot, is actually Heru. So if you mm-hmm. remove the unnecessary vowel in there, it's this mm-hmm. kind of a similar. I wouldn't say it's exactly equivalent, but it's definitely similar. So and Hru. The meaning of that word. So mm-hmm. if you, if you look at what are the three letters? Hey, the star. Resh. Resh, the sun. The sun. And V or U, which mm-hmm. are the same thing in the mm-hmm. alphabet, um, mm-hmm. as the hierophant. So mm-hmm. it's the revealer of the solar mysteries. You know, mm. the, yeah, the, the star, yeah. the star, the sun and the revealer of, you know, the, the, the hierophant that, initiates you into mm-hmm. it all. So, and that hru, the word hru is actually an Egyptian word and it's on the stele itself. So if you look at the stele of revealing, if you were reading from left to right, which it's, I don't think it necessarily is. I think it's actually going the other way, but imagine that it was the very last word on the reverse of the stele because it's right in that lower right hand corner. Mm-hmm. You'll see the, the, glyphs for Hru. And what that word means is going forth by day. Wow. Because it's mm-hmm. all about that journey of the soul to to go forth by day, to mm-hmm. awaken to his, you know, pleasure on earth. And that, that going and going forth by day, you know, as we've talked about through these podcasts, is to go is that fifth power, and we're back to uniting the four powers, so the four powers uh, of into, the into one, and then to go. And mm-hmm. Hadith himself, who's a form of Heru, it's his father and a form of himself, his mm-hmm. central, the star at the central of, of his heart, you know, in mm-hmm. his mother. Hadith is said to be the one that goes. Yes. So, I mean, I just, there's so much to say in this card. We could right. just go on and I could go on and on about it, but I'll <laughs> well, and try also, not to. <laughs> well, you did the, the whole Who is Who um, project. This is incredible um, work of art, uh, paper crafted book that essentially unfolds this mystery of Who is Who. And um, so it's been a, it's been a profound and kind of longstanding journey for you yeah. with this mystery. <laughs> sort of an obsession, you might say. <laughs> now, is the, the idea of Fru as the angel of tarot, that is, does that have its basis only in Crowley or in the Golden Dawn more generally? Golden Dawn more generally. Okay. All right. All right. So. Yeah, you can find some references yeah. in the big black brick of the Golden Dawn <laughs> doorstopper book. Right. Another thing that's really cool about this card is so, you know how they call each card has an intelligence and the intelligence of this card is said to be the one that regulates the sun and the moon. Mm. And right, that's just really interesting because regulating the sun and the moon, you're almost talking about the same thing because the moon is reflecting the sun's light. Right. But right. That, that idea of the, the regulation of the motions of the sun and moon speaks a lot about repetitive cycles like the eons mm-hmm. that occur. I mean, it's repetitive on a cosmic scale, far bigger than, you know, any person's mm-hmm. lifetime, but nonetheless, it's a repetitive cycle, um, mm-hmm. that happens and the regulation of it. And that's one reason why on my Aeon card, if you notice around the circumference of it, there are these 56 um, 
positions of the moon, mm-hmm. I guess, if you will. And mm-hmm. that, that was kind of a reference to the 56 Aubrey holes of the Stonehenge. Okay. The markers that mm-hmm. were used to regulate the sun and the moon. Okay. And right. 56 also having some symbolism in itself. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, the five and the six, the right. microcosm right, the and mic- the macrocosm right. again, right. you know, yet another thing. So mm-hmm. there there were lots of reasons why. Do you want to talk about the headdress on Harpocrates? Because there's a whole lot of uh, well, he's stuff got, going on. One thing that I notice is he's got the horns. Um, and when I see those horns that are in that shape, mm-hmm. it makes me think of, I don't know how you pronounce it. Noom or Knum, the creator mm. god that fashioned the universe out of clay <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know, he's shown he's shown as a ram-headed god with horns shaped like that, and he's usually working a potter's wheel or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's and, what I think of when I see those. And we've got uh, a serpent sort of twining around there because you can't have mm-hmm. a card without a serpent. That's right. <laughs> right. And well, I, Hadith is also known as a snake or a serpent. Yeah. He's the winged, the winged serpent as well as the winged disc. So. Right, right. Well, we wouldn't want to miss out on a chance for a phallic reference. <laughs> swing, swing. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there references other than what we've talked about so far in the Thoth card to the path? Between mm. Hode and uh, between glory Malkut. and the kingdom, yeah, between glory and the kingdom. I mean, I mean, to an extent, I guess you can say that you know the serpent could be a mercurial thing, mm-hmm. um, and the orange color of the card, which mm-hmm. well, it's fire, is Hode as well. Yeah, I mean, you can, yes, definitely. I mean, so but Hode, orange is also the color of the sun, and right, yeah, so right. So, you know, we, we look for references that feel like they are mm. connections between Mercury and Saturn or Mercury and, and the, the top Earth. of the caduceus is usually that winged disc of Hadith that we see yeah. in the card. So there's yeah. that. And then there's this interesting strip of green in the card mm. here in the sort of right, the hills the of Malkut. Yeah, Malkut. the hills of Malkut could be that. So, so, you know, you can find it if you're looking for it. Mm. You know, the references to hold glory, Mercury and Malkut kingdom, mm-hmm. Saturn or Earth. Right. Mm-hmm. I suppose you could say that in the Rider Weight card, the coffins are, are <laughs> yes, you know, yes. the coffins of the blackness of Malkuth, Yeah, I guess. the idea that we're enclosed right. and crystallized. Right. Um, and, you know, in the world of matter. Wald Amberstone says that the icy mountains in the background are the, the cold intelligence of Mercury or Hode, which mm. is an interesting way to look at it. Okay. Look at it. Uh, the uh, like I- you see it in the Hermit card as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The idea that you have to... Um, you know, retreat to this mentally um, mm. distant or remote place, but that you can you can travel there with the warming fire of Shin and to protect right. you from within. Wait, also, uh, I might as well throw this quote in here. So Wait said of this card, it has been called truly in the past a card of eternal life. And for this reason, it may be compared with that which passes under the name of temperance. So... Hmm. Yeah, and I think that, you know, well, first of all, that kind of points back to these two angel cards. Um, there's a connection through fire as well, you know, temperance angel, uh, temperance being a, a fire Sagittarius card. And this is one of the, you know, the letters of the bow. Yes. Quishef. Yes. This is the, uh, right. So if we have the, um, <clears throat> we should probably put a diagram up for that as well. The, uh, the bow of temperance formed by the um, path of judgment and the path of the moon between on either uh, side, right? right letter Kuf, letter yeah. Shin, and then we'll have letter Tav in the final world card. Um, you know, <laughs> Wade's favorite way to describe cards is basically to say, it's not this, <laughs> whatever it is, it's not this, you're wrong about that, you know, you're simple minded, because you think it's just the last judgment, but it's more than that. And but he never tells you what he really thinks it is. But perhaps he was suggesting or nudging people to get beyond the idea of this just being the final awakening, or the rapture or whatever it is, and to think of it as something located more within. 
one hopes so. But this is, I think that's something that really stymies people who use the weight card because, you know, what does that mean? What does it mean, you know, to, uh, to, to get this card in your everyday life when the rapture is not happening? Right. Or when you're not taking an apocalyptic view of the world, it's a puzzling card to get. So uh, I think these themes of awakening, you know, are much more explicit in the Thoth card. But mm. I think it's um, the infinite God without and the yeah infinitesimal yeah. God within and the child that's born of them. Yeah. So actually, just for a second, it would be fun to like talk about um, how we really use this card. I mean, like when you get this card in a reading, when you get the eon or when you get judgment, whether you're reading for someone else or someone or for yourself, where do you go first conceptually? Well, it's always within context, but mm -hmm. I think of this card as taking a long view, the big picture card, mm -hmm. you know, back up and look at it from the perspective of eons or mm -hmm. aeons, if mm -hmm. you will, you know, and how is it part of a larger cycle that mm -hmm. you're also a part of? Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I use something somewhat similar. And to tell the truth, until about, I don't know, five years ago, I really had a lot of trouble reading the judgment card at all. But over the years, it's come to represent to me the the idea that you're fashioning a self-identity, that there's, you know, someone that mm -hmm. you are becoming, mm -hmm. that you have a sense of, and you're grasping, and you and you act according to that person rather than mm. kind of who you are like at the that. moment. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, in a very mundane sense, it's like when I do something because I think I'm the sort of person who does that sort of thing or should do that sort of thing, then I'm, I feel like I'm accessing the energy of this card as opposed to just doing things because I'm, you know, impelled to or feel like it or whatever. It's more about who I believe about myself be to becoming be. and going. Yeah. Going, right, going, going forward, yes. becoming. And, yes. Yeah. Turning like into that. something else. So related, similar. So hopefully, hopefully our listeners, maybe you guys can add that into the mix and it may help you with this card as you're, as you're using it in your practice. I like, too, that there's a hint of the cosmic egg in here, too, as well. Um, <laughs> in the Thoth card? Yeah. Mm -hmm. See it behind. It? Uh, it's kind of enclosing the uh, oh, Horus yeah. on his throne figure. Yeah, there's the, a, the sort of greenish-blue Yeah, uh, the, egg, the egg of spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, in your card, in Tabula Mundi, I'm trying to remember, you, you, have, you have the solar glyph right in, next to the word of you know, right next to uh, the eon, the idea that you stand here and it's your perspective. Right. Do you, um, so you're right, taking the place of Hadi, right? Right. Or, or the place of the priest in the, mm. you know, Ankafna Kansu in the stele. Mm -hmm. You're in, in the stele, you're looking at it as an outsider. You're mm -hmm. seeing Ankafna Kansu petitioning Horus with his, you know, Nuit above mm -hmm. in this card, the Aeon or Eon, you are in that picture. You're seeing the God face on and it, it, as if you're looking through the eyes of Ankafna Kansu. You're the initiate. You're the deceased on the journey. You're the one who has to go. You're, mm -hmm. it's like you're mm -hmm. the, figure personified and right. that was the point of view that i tried to paint that card from just in a different way mm -hmm. obviously yeah. because you yeah 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 and uh you know and i love that card in your tabula mundi deck because there's such um such a contrast i mean we have the you know these themes of color in here which we should talk about in a moment mm -hmm. but in There's your version it's on fire yeah. <laughs> it's like completely blazing with color and life and you know much more um accessible to me because of that we'll talk about color in a moment but we didn't talk about numeric correspondences like no, you know right so here we are with the 20th card so there should be a connection with the high priestess number mm. two and then the question of which card is 11? <laughs> which feels more, which feels better? The, a connection with justice or a connection with strength? Or do you feel it both? Hmm. Well, to start with what pops into my mind when we think of the priestess in relation to this card is mm -hmm. 
the you know the priestess's path as being that of the highest aspiration mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. from Tiferet the solar center mm-hmm. the star mm-hmm. at your heart the hadith if you will or or the child you know within mm-hmm. and the 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 goddess you know go, leading up to Keter you know yeah um, so yeah. the priestess seems like a very appropriate it does um, it does you know just as sort of a personification of Nuit in a sense, you mm-hmm. know, because she contains all. Right. So and we have really a fits. lot of <laughs> themes of Keter and Malkut and Malkut and Keter already being foreshadowed in this card. Mm. Yeah. Before we get to the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then we have, hmm. So there's the question of, uh, right. so which you, path? Right. So <laughs> if you wanted to think of it as, you know, 11, for the lust card, mm-hmm. obviously that's joining. The, card, the joining of the sun and the moon, mm-hmm. the lunar and the solar, and we force and form we, on that path. Yeah, yeah. love and will. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there, that's a good foreshadowing of this card that mm-hmm. that connection between, you know, the woman and the beast producing eventually the child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is a fiery card as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that certainly fits. That and works you, pretty well. If you wanted to look at adjustment, I mean, we did mention the the hint of the next aeon. Yeah, ma'at. yeah, we did, um, we did. So, and also there's that that especially for users of the writer weight, there's always a question: justice or judgment? What is the difference? You know, in people's minds when you deal with just those words without dealing so much with the imagery and context and mythology of the card, it can be very you know, there's a lot of overlap between the concepts. So so there's kind of a connection there as well. I mean, the idea that uh, justice is a way of doling out judgment or judgment is a way of creating justice. Anyway, so that's a, some food for thought. But, uh, okay, so how about colors? How about those well, colors? I'm- I am going to read them rather than go by memory because <laughs> this card has so many colors because it's doing dual duty as both the card of fire and the card of spirit. And both of those have a lot, especially the card of spirit, has mm-hmm. a heck of mm-hmm. a lot of colors to it. So. We'll have the same problem in the next card, right? Right. <laughs> so, you know, the, for fire, we have the glowing orange scarlet, scarlet color. We have vermilion. We have scarlet flecked gold. We have vermilion flecked uh, crimson and emerald. I'm kind of sensing a theme here with the scarlet and vermilion. <laughs> right. So they're all fiery colors. The difference is, you know, whether they're glowing or uh, mm-hmm. flecked with gold or flecked with crimson or emerald. Um, but basically, they're all fire colors. Can you talk a little bit more about this flecking? What goes on when we see flecked cards? So normally in almost all of the color scales, you see that in the princess or empress scaled, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But occasionally you'll see it in the um, queen scale, as we see here, the scarlet flecked gold of the queen scale, which if I wanted to meditate a little bit on that, the flecking of the gold is bringing another essence to the queen scale and when you gold would be the sun you know the the sun either in as the sun mm-hmm. solar sun <laughs> or, or yeah tiferet the sun of yeah. the mother yeah. so it's it's when you see those flecked colors you're bringing in like something almost impregnating that color that's why you, mm-hmm. you see it in the the princess cards colors mm-hmm. most of all is there a difference between flex and rays? Good question. I've I always wondered quite that. Figured that out, but yeah. to me, a ray obviously seems like an extension of a fleck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? One mm-hmm. is in motion, and one is more still. It's almost like there's a dimensional. I'd have to component. reflect on that and yeah. like try to perhaps make a dorky spreadsheet of the ones with flex versus the ones... I bet you've got one. <laughs> no, I don't, but that's uh, I, it sounds like a fun project for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, which yeah. ones have flex versus which ones have rays and how how is motion involved or not? Um, you know, because if you think of mm-hmm. seeing flex, 
you know, you think of a starry sky with dots in it, right? And then you remember in Star Wars how those dots yeah, start moving go, towards you and they turn yeah. into rays? So yeah, that's there's so. definitely <laughs> like a point line plane or point yeah, line circle exactly thing. Yeah, exactly so. Point radius circle thing going on. So I don't, I think the flex and the rays are the same thing, mm-hmm. but but maybe one is in from the perspective of going in motion. Yeah, could be. I don't know. I'm I like just that. making this I like the idea. up as I go, right? <laughs> um, right? So then we have the other colors of spirit. So we have white merging into gray. Mm-hmm. We have deep purple, nearly black. We have the seven prismatic colors with violet on the outside. <laughs> and then we have white, red, yellow, blue, and black outside. So these are all the colors of spirit. So when I think of the white merging into gray, I think of Keter into Hakma, mm-hmm. you know, the path of the fool, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the source of, I don't know, Hadith, you know, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and then you've got the deep purple, nearly black, I think more of Nuit, you know, right. the, the, right. the universe space itself, you mm-hmm. know, the, the deep, dark, Depths of space. Yeah, there's a extending out Binoc forever. Yes, about that ex- too. exactly. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the seven prismatic colors with violet outside, <laughs> and I, to me, that speaks of the the how we were talking about at the beginning how the primal fire, which is also spirit, contains all of the elements within it. So all of the other elements within it are the seven prismatic colors. All of the other planets, in a sense, are mm-hmm. in the, here in this penultimate card. You know, there's a hint that is you're almost containing everything. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. within it and then that's echoed by the the fourth color if you will which is actually uh five colors in once so you're back to fours and fives mm-hmm. which are white red yellow blue and mm-hmm. black on the outside and to me that black on the outside speaks of you know the akashic egg of spirit the mm-hmm. the black egg but then inside it you not only have the white of light but it's the white that contains red yellow and blue the three primary colors of right. of all three elements fire water and air so it's an, right. it's just another echoing of within the universe within the egg of spirit there's light mm-hmm. inside the darkness, if you will, and the light contains all the prismatic colors, but that they, they stem from the three elements or the three colors, red, yellow, and blue, the three primary colors. Mm-hmm. And we'll be talking more yeah. about that uh, Akashic egg, the tatva, yes. uh, the black oval yes. in the next card. We, yes, sure. we certainly yeah. will, because yeah. this card is a definite foreshadowing of mm-hmm. the next card and what's mm-hmm. to come. For sure. All right, so uh, natural correspondences, uh, um, they tend to have to do with fire, all of them, like the red poppy and the hibiscus, um, the fire opal, all nitrates, <laughs> all explosive things, all transformers. Uh, and then, interestingly enough, the scent associated with this is once again, frankincense, um, like we saw the sun, the sun again, exactly, yes. or olibanum. And, you know, it seems somewhat appropriate, uh, not just because of it being associated with the sun, but the idea that frankincense is, you know, this universal, um, universally appealing divine resin. It was, mm considered five times more valuable than myrrh, which if you've smelled myrrh, you can understand that. But, um, but you know, it is this thing that appeals to all gods, to, you know, to all, to the essence of the divine. There's something about it that speaks to it. Um, the resin that forms in tears on the tree that has this natural uh, connection with. And it's very golden colored, yeah. like, like yeah. it has that solar it's like a golden crystal, mm-hmm. almost like a citrine in mm-hmm. appearance. Mm-hmm. And it supposedly takes quite a bit of refinement to get it to a state for us to use, which seems appropriate for the card as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and let's see, because there is this sort of predominant color red, both in the, um, at least the, um, the fires, mm-hmm. Fire colors associated with this card. Um, the note associated it 
is C natural taking us all the way back to um, the same note we used for the tower and for the emperor because the the predominance of red in those cards and the fiery presence mm-hmm. within them. Okay. Um, could we possibly be done? <laughs> we'll never We're be done. Never, we'll never be done with this card. <laughs> but I think we made a good start. Yeah. Uh... As they say about the next card, but also this card, the, the eons are but, but the pulsings of thy blood. <laughs> it's on and on. That's right. That's right. So um, we talked about self-knowledge. We talked about redemption. We talked about the purifying fire and the new eon. Um, and the idea that this is a profound card of awakening on all levels. So um, on that note, I hope we haven't put you to sleep. <laughs> and we'll be back next time with our final step on this journey through the majors. Thank you for being with us today.